Green Mountain Dental Group is right here in the Denver area out in Lakewood, and they are an amazing dentist. So they've partnered with us for a long time. We'd love if you go support them whenever you need dental work done. And if you go in right now, schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, they're going to hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. And trust me, you are going to love that. Once you go to the, uh, the Sonicare, you're not going back. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Make sure you use that code DNVR20. Get 20% off your Strava Craft Coffee. It's rich. It's tasty. It's CBD infused. It'll get you through the day. Well, Mace, how did you do with day one of life without sports? It got weird in the evening when I was finally able to sit back and get into my routine of researching and writing and working on story ideas and watching little draft film on my computer because the hours between about like 9 p.m. and 1 a.m., that's when I really like to kind of start taking some deep dives. The house is quiet. I get to kind of focus on things. And typically that's when I have – a late evening sporting event on. And of course, this week, that meant I was looking forward to the basketball tournaments around the country that play deep into the night. Of course, the, the Pac-12 tournament, for example, you know, is usually is the tent pole of the late hours at this time of year. But you've also, but I also will put on the Big West and the WAC and just kind of get a feel for everything that's going on. And I just left the TV off last night. Wow. It felt, it, it just, it felt different. And then I, I tweeted out a, a GIF of Bill Murray in stripes saying, and then depression set in. And I feel like for sports enthusiasts, there's going to be a little bit of uh, depression if they don't have something to fill the void with. Now I think people are maybe going to, they're going to watch a little more Netflix Hey, just spend time, if you have a family, spend time with your family. But uh, what if you're single and alone right now? Yeah. And uh, you kind of leaned on the evening, the evening sports for your entertainment, for your escape. And uh, scripted programming may, just, may not fit the bill for you. It's a, it's a weird time in which we uh, find ourselves, and I think – and you know, we keep saying the tip of the iceberg on things like when we saw the Ivy League cancellation, for example, that proved to be the tip of the iceberg for what we've been seeing throughout the sports world. I think it's sort of the tip of the iceberg of adjusting to the new reality of uh, what's there. Now, one thing that did hit me is that, and we can get into this, I think, next week a little bit. What if people eventually get adjusted to life without sports and find they don't need them? Never. 
<laughs> I don't think it'll happen not for happening. you and me, not but happening. it might happen for some people. No, sports are the best. Everyone knows that loves sports, <laughs> that sports are the best thing we got going. There's no way. There might be some fringe people who, you know, only catch an NFL game on Sundays and and don't really care about anything else. But oh, I'm not talking about them, but I'm just talking about, say, let's let's say you've got somebody who's a big sports fan and uh, they have a family and maybe the family has uh, uh, not been given proper attention because they've been watching too many games or so forth. And then maybe you find out you can live without it. That's one thing that sort of hit me that I'm sure these leagues are concerned about. What if people find out they can do without it? Not happening. <laughs> All nope. right. Nope, nope, nope. Um, it's not happening for you and me. It's not happening for anyone who is a legit sports fan. I, there's no way someone who knows how great sports are just all of a sudden decides they're not that great. I, I actually think the, the exact opposite of what you're talking about is going to happen. Everyone is going to have an even greater appreciation for sports once we live life without them. It's, like a, it's not like a don't know what you got till it's gone because we already knew what we had. But once it goes away for a while, people are going to be just absolutely starved for sports. And when they come back, I think every stadium is going to be full. And I think the ratings are going to be off the charts. And I think that everyone is going to have such a craving for community, Mace. You know, like, yeah, true. It's, we're all being told to be solitary right now, social distancing, all this, that, and the other thing. And it makes sense. But when this goes away, I don't know about you. Sometimes even if I just have a, a weekend where during the weekend, I think like, you know what? I just want to stay home. And then when the weekend ends, I'm kind of like, man, I kind of wish I would have gone out and seen some friends and done some stuff this weekend. I think that when everyone is not forced, but generally doing their, you know, staying within their house as much as they can, for an extended period of time, I think everyone is going to have this really deep, rich craving for being with people. And sports is the ultimate place to go be part of something with people. That's true, but maybe they to be part of people and be part of being be part of being with others. Maybe it's just going out to a bar, or just having friends over for a barbecue. I'm, you know, I look. I, I'd say among sports enthusiasts, ninety five percent are going to come roaring back. And me personally, I wish I could fast forward the future and find out when the baseball season is going to start. Because I really don't think this is going to be at a point where they're going to start two weeks after the projected opening day. I think it's probably going to be a bit longer than that. And that there may be some rescheduling and reshuffling once they do start to get to a, a good number of games, say 144 games over the course of the year instead of the usual 162. But there may be that 5% that says, hey, I saw something different when I was away. And maybe I'm going to go down this path. And, you know, maybe it's not much, but five, if you lose 5% of your audience... It does count for something. Yeah, I think the other way, other uh, way is going to be true. But 
nothing. We don't know anything right now. Um, that's funny that you said you didn't turn the TV on because I didn't either. Um, there was nothing there for me. Right. I didn't want to watch the news yep. because I think I felt like I'd heard everything. I finally turned BBC World News on at like 1 a.m. for about 30 minutes and then I went to sleep just to kind of catch up. And that was it. But for most of the evening, no television. When I, now, when I, uh, when I got home after making a grocery run, and the stores were as insane as you saw on social media, although at least I didn't see anybody f- having knockdown, drag-out fights over toilet paper and, and uh, paper towels. I got home, and this was my sports for the evening. My wife was starting to catch up on uh, Peyton's places on the ESPN Plus series where Peyton Manning goes around and goes through football, Arcana. I've enjoyed watching him. My wife loves watching him. I think uh, no one would be happier if Peyton Manning were on Monday Night Football this season than my wife because she just enjoys listening to him. And uh, she says she learns a lot by, by listening to him talk about football. So... I say, I say, great. Let's get Peyton. Let's get more Peyton. But there is some catch-up uh, sports watching I can do. You and I were talking about how ESPN should simply fill its schedule with thirty for thirties. There's a bunch of thirty for thirties I haven't seen. I know that are just in the backlog, and I'm. I think what that sounds like a better a better thing in the evening. If I can't watch sports, I want to watch something about sports. I want to watch a film about sports. I want to or a documentary. I want to watch an old game. Actually, it just hit me. You know what would be a good piece for me to to write on thedmvr.com? Ten Broncos games on YouTube that you should watch. Love it beyond like the Super Bowls. Well, Mace, I think that. Um, as we get deeper into this, we're, we're probably going to get tired of talking about this itself. Yes. And we're going to put together a plan of what can we do? Um, uh, and I think one of those things will be something along the lines of, all right, guys, Monday, we are watching the 1997 AFC championship game. Then on Tuesday's podcast, we're going to talk about it. I think that's brilliant. And I, I think we've got some really cool ideas. We've got a Google doc floating around. The, I started working on one of those what-if pieces and doing, like, the outline last night. I was telling RK how this particular one ends. I think as, read, as readers and subscribers, it might have you pulling your hair out at this alternate history, but that's part of the point, to kind of envision something a little bit different about and maybe, maybe view Bronco, the Broncos' actual history through a different prism of how way might have led on to way and things might have changed but there's plenty for us to do i'm working on my free agency 100 even if free agency doesn't happen next week and it seems more likely than at this point yesterday that the league year is going to be pushed back at least a week or two and that's fine but we're going to be here for you to fill the void and and by the way the thing about the watching the old games rk is that there's a lot of games like beyond the obvious ones that are lurking in the corners of YouTube. I actually have a software that allows me to download a bunch of them, and so we can even go back through some of my archives and find games that aren't on YouTube, and I can give you guys the MP4s, and we can watch those. I have literally hundreds of old Bronco games, and I don't think you're interested in old Tampa Bay games, but I got those too that I have on my hard drives. 
as well that have been removed from YouTube. And well, I I already love watching old games, but I think this is I think we can have some fun with this. Our goal is even in this era of self quarantine thing things being canceled. I mean, we're basically we're we're seeing step by step our society grind to a halt right now. It was like first it was sporting events, and then you're seeing schools close and uh, if it looks like Italy does then at some point we may be talking about everything being closed but pharmacies and grocery stores crazy man yeah but I feel like we can provide something that's a li- that's a lot of fun yeah and for, that- the, for all of you who are still riding with us every day that's the thing like you know maybe people change up their uh, routine here and instead of listening in the car on their way home from work. Maybe they decide to save the podcast for when they get home. Mm-hmm. They want to, you know, tell Alexa to put it on or whatever. Um, all we want to do is try to provide entertainment. We will, like, we will come, we are in the process of creating a plan to make this a community effort mm-hmm. in the sense of like i said okay monday we're doing this tuesday we're going to talk about the podcast so make sure you watch that monday that's might sound weird but it's what we do every sunday right sure yeah <laughs> we all watch the same game part of the fun of a, a season is knowing that we have those three and a half hours where our eyes are all in the same spot right and the like com- the communal experience of watching a sport and bonding over a team for the nuggets and abs and all those guys those people do it every other night they all watch the same thing. It's the one thing I don't like about football. Right. That the, we have a limited amount of games. It's why I talk about it all the time. I know people get sick of listening to it. I would love a developmental league where every NFL team has a developmental team. The biggest part of the reason why I would love it is because that gives you 10 to 12 more games to talk about. Not every Bronco fan would watch that, but I think a lot of the diehards would be interested it's why i was watching the xfl because it was more football i enjoyed watching football i enjoyed the fact that i would tweet something out from an xfl game on saturday and i realized oh my gosh people in the football community are actually watching this and paying attention crazy as it might sound because it was lower tier football i understand why the xfl has like everybody else suspended the season and by the way i think the fact that they're allowing xfl players to sign with nfl teams tells you that it's not a suspension this is a cancellation this is we'll see you next february for who the xfl oh because originally nf that they were going to allow players to sign with nfl teams after the xfl season concluded now while they have not canceled the postseason the fact that they're allowing players to sign now reveals that this thing is probably done. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of jokes saying, well, the XFL didn't even make it as long as the AAF. Only made it five games. The AAF got eight in. Circumstances are different, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss that. I, I like watching football, and, I'm, and I enjoyed watching developmental football. And I can't wait until we can watch football again. But in the meantime, I think we can find something to to bond over, to look back on. So, yeah, I think one of the things that, that uh, we'll work on this weekend is uh, we'll get together a list of the games that we can all easily watch on YouTube. 
and we'll pick a game. And we also and we'll do have to realize, there. like, there's a chance that next week we're still talking about free agency. That's true. And I talked about and, – and so, you know, even in that scenario – that we just talked about where we have to go to that sort of uh, those ideas, which I think will actually be fun in a weird pandemic way. Well, if the league goes with the league year starting as planned, and then then it won't affect us that much. And I really my prediction, Mace, is that it's going to happen. I'm predicting it won't. I think that they will find a way to do everything digitally and run the operation from their individual buildings uh, without, needing to con- without needing anyone to travel or contact. I think they, it's not that they can't find a way. I think they're concerned about the optics of being the only sporting thing going on. Oh, no, that is what they want. Not in this circumstance. Now, the NFL... On these things, it's usually last. In 1963, the NFL did not postpone games after the JFK assassination. And there was some regret over that over time. But in 2001, after the 9-11 attacks, everybody was postponing or canceling games. The NFL was the last domino to fall before they said, we're going to postpone week two. We're going to play these games in a week 18 at the end of the year. The fact that the NFL has kind of gingerly stepped into this, it doesn't surprise me one bit. This is how the NFL tends to operate. The NBA is usually on the forefront of these things. Now, the NBA was on the forefront for different reasons. In this case, the forefront happened to land on its lawn with the Rudy Gobert positive coronavirus test, the domino that really started everything through all of sports. But I think that between now and Sunday, we will get an announcement from the NFL after they convene saying, that the league year is being pushed back one to two weeks. And another thing that we may hear from the NFL is some sort of league-wide mandate on travel and football operations because right now you've got roughly a third to a half of the league that is limiting its presence at its facilities to facility people and security people that send it. They're encouraging everybody else to stay home. But... In this environment, you also have a few teams that are going the other direction. The Dolphins are hosting Ohio State running back J.K. Dobbins today for one of their 30 in-person visits. And some teams have pulled scouts off the road for pro days, and pro days potentially being canceled may just take care of this in and of itself, take care of it naturally. But some teams still have scouts on the road scheduled to travel and I think the league may step in and say all right everybody's off the road everybody's travel everybody's not traveling and we're going to cut back on visits to focus on social distancing by the way isn't it funny how the social media era quickly transformed into the social distancing era 
overnight. Yeah, and most of most of those most people don't probably don't care about that because they've already <laughs> been doing that for a while. That's um, true. So going back to free agency, here's what I said on the radio with Ryan Edwards and, and Benjamin Albright on KOA last night, and I appreciate those guys for having me on. It's a great listen. Um, here's the way the NFL can do it. Who is the group of people that the sports world is most concerned about right now? Obviously, in, within the sports world. It is the stadium workers, right, Mace? Yes. You know, these are people who we see – at uh, Empower Field, as we're working into the wee hours of the morning, as are they, cleaning up the stadium, cleaning up after the mess that people leave everywhere and the food wrappers and everything that's all over the place. And a fair amount of them work all four major pro sports in this market and even Rapids games as well. There's a lot of crossover between the game day workers at Empower Field and the the game day only staff at Pepsi Center, at Coors Field, at Dick's Sporting Goods Park, even at Folsom Field, too. And that's what I was going to say. Yeah. A lot of those people are the same people. And, in fact, I recognize some of them as I'm going through, you know, even just the security and all yep. those people. Here's what I think they do, Mace. It is awkward optics to be talking about guys making $100 million contracts while the rest of the world um, worries about their next paycheck. And I think the way that the NFL can have a little PR move while also helping the community is to each team make a large donation to a fund that is there to support the stadium workers. Because, again, these are a lot of the same people that support their stadium. So I don't know what the what the proper number is. I always struggle with this stuff. Some Everyone's always going to say something is too low. But maybe it's a couple hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love just gave a hundred thousand himself. Yeah. So the Denver Broncos can give a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars to a fund. If every team does that to their local stadium workers, mm-hmm. I truly believe they can go on with free agency without. And again, this is a win-win for everyone. Well, not everyone, but the community gets a a, a help, a hand, and the NFL goes on, which I think the world needs right now it sounds stupid but people look to sports as an escape we got none of them nothing and even if it's just the people that listen to this podcast having something to take their mind off of the world and it's just something as trivial as the broncos signed dj reader that's a distraction and i think that it will be welcome especially next week when the rising of this and and all the fear and and a lot of it is justified i do think that the community can benefit from them making a donation and i think that the community at large can benefit from just having something else out there to look at well the people who benefit most are in sports talk radio i would say because then they've got topics, or even sports but talk on television as well. Their listeners right. also benefit. And I, honestly, while I missed having a game on last night, I, I get it. One thing I can say, even as somebody covering this sport, I step back and I look at how everything is kind of having to resettle, and we're all trying to figure out this new normal. And it's going to have to become a new normal, because... This isn't going to go away 
overnight. This is best case scenario. This is probably a six to eight week thing. And there are even some experts on infectious diseases who are suggesting this thing could come back at at some point that it could fade and 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 come back. I think there was a uh, Rich Ornberger, former NFL offensive lineman, posted a uh, discussion of um of infectious and viral disease experts at the University of California, San Francisco, suggesting that we could have this we could have this moment and then it could come roaring back in the fall as well. So we're in new territory right now, and I think we're trying to kind of process and adjust to it. I don't see, me personally, I don't see me being in a position where I care where Tom Brady signs on Monday. And others may, I I don't think I'm going to be at that point where I'm ready to start having a full-throated debate on Tom Brady and DJ Reader and Teddy Bridgewater and where Jameis Winston ends up. I'm not saying put this thing on cancellation, but and I'm not even saying a six to eight week time to sit out because you can do this remotely. I just think one to two weeks is something that kind of gives everybody a chance to catch their breath and then get readjusted. And then we start putting the pieces kind of back together and moving on. That That's kind of how I feel. And just talking to people outside of the, the football bubble, I think that's how those people feel as well. Now, that being said, I get why a lot of diehards want this thing to just go on and, and have this distraction. But I think in the bigger picture, delaying this for a week or two isn't going to hurt anybody. It won't hurt anybody. I just think that they can do it. They can do it in a way that um, helps the community. They can do it in a way that doesn't put anyone in danger. And because I think they will. And then the other thing is, I don't even if the if NFL teams do kick in and give money to their hourly workers, it's not something that everybody is going to see. Those that are going to be upset by the discussion of massive contract terms numbers in the range of 40 to 50 million over the course of multiple years I think beyond the football bubble I think there's going to be some hand-wringing there people saying WTF and the NFL is very image conscious as we know but there's always going to be those people Mace. those are the same people saying that they shouldn't be playing football at all no, not necessarily. I don't think I don't think there's a I don't think the Venn diagram on that is a is a circle. I think there's some crossover, but I think what I'm saying I, is I not, there's always going to be someone mad about what you're doing. And I understand what you're saying, yeah. and if they do that, I'm not going to say it's the wrong move by any means. I'm just saying I think there's a way that they can make this work, and I think they will because deep down they want to be the only thing in town. They always do. And if that had been the case, they would have played after 9/11. Well, again, they did but a week later. A week later, they play after everybody else had started because of the calendar. 
baseball started before they did. But again, they were also the last ones to cancel or postpone games. The NFL, historically, the NFL is reactive rather than proactive. Yeah, that's that's their that's their nature. And so, I'm sure even though there's not there are not games on the schedule, the NFL now is looking at an environment where everything else is off. NASCAR races are off now. That was kind of the the, the, la- the last one domestically. The Premier League in England just called off a few weeks' worth of games. So now, if the NFL goes headlong into one of the most prominent points of the year, even though there are no games, it is a prominent time for the NFL when the new league year starts, when it's getting a lot of attention. I just don't think it's going to be the best look for them. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. I guess who know all we can do in in the world right now is wait and see, wait and see, and try to be safe. Yeah, I'm. I I understand. I'm in terms of the diehard football community. I'm probably in the minority on this. No, I don't think yeah. so. And and again, I'm not pushing and saying they should do it. I'm what I'm saying is, I think they will. And I think there's a way to do it that can be productive. Um, as for the team still hosting visits and all that stuff, I think that's reckless. Um, and that, the league's got to step in and say, stop. This year, sorry, you don't get visits. And I think in, in all cases yeah. here, leadership needs to be at the forefront. Um, but again, the NFL's reactive. I know. This is, it, it kills me because you see the, the NBA, obviously they reacted to one of a, one of its players getting coronavirus, but the NBA is so much more proactive, proactive on so many of these things than the NBA is, or the NFL is, pardon me, and just having worked for two teams in the league, it drives me insane that they drag their feet on this sort of thing. It's nuts. Yeah, and again, I just think that leadership needs to step in. I think that leadership needed to step in last night and tell the Pepsi Center they needed to cancel that concert. Oh, my gosh. Because Denver looks like a national embarrassment right now because of that. And, like, the truth is we – the people who had tickets to that game were put into a a compromising position. You can say they're idiots for going, and you're allowed to have that opinion, and and I understand it. But the truth is those people spent – maybe $150 on floor tickets to that concert, and by the leadership not stepping in and canceling it, they were put in a weird position. Now, you can still say it was the wrong decision, and, I'm, and, and I'll support you in saying mm-hmm. that, but the decision should have been made for them so they weren't put into a, an, an, into a dilemma. And everyone would have gotten refunds. That's what I mean. And or they would have just moved the concert to September when hopefully everything is, has subsided on this. Right. That's what I mean is someone needed to step in and and handle it. You know, Um, the mayor, whoever needed to say, look, you can't have this concert here tonight. No way. Well, hadn't the the mayor and the governor had already recommended, right, that things. Right. That the the gatherings be curtailed, but they didn't explicitly say it. And I think that's that's where even though I know there are people are going to kind of argue against it and say it's, you know, it's too onerous it's 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 government overreach but 
sometimes you've got to make a decision that is in the best interest of the people, and sometimes you've got to make a decision that is going to upset people, but is ultimately the the right thing. And thing and and look, circumstances change fast because on Wednesday night, a lot of us, uh, you know, a lot of people were downtown at uh, at shows and at the Pepsi Center for the Avs game, but. We lived in a different world when people left those events than when they walked into those events. And you have to react to how that world had changed. Yeah. So, and I feel the same way about the NFL. Leadership needs to step in and say, hey, no pro day. No one, no one's going to pro days. No one is hosting mm-hmm. visits. Because the, tr- the travel is just, it's dangerous right now. Mm-hmm. And... Gatherings of twenty thousand people are dangerous right now. Um, and I mean, what's the number everyone's kind of going by now? That two hundred fifty is the limit, basically. Yeah, I or haven't even been that. I haven't been keeping up. Uh, I know it was a thousand at one point, mm. um, five hundred at one point. Um, mm-hmm. Keeps dropping. Right, and like, you know, I and, think, and this is why you're seeing schools close. Right, because long spring break because schools are several hundred to th- to over a thousand kids together. Yep, the interesting one to follow is going to be airports. Mm-hmm. How many people go through DIA on a regular day? Do you think? Um, well, DIA has what about um, roughly f- fifty million passengers a year? I okay. believe. Okay. So that would be roughly one hundred forty thousand people. Going through DIA every day. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, it's all, the, I don't know, we're, like, this is kind of like yesterday. We're just, well, it's a stream of my consciousness. I actually, yesterday, because I thought they may restrict domestic travel, and then at that point, would there be hoops to jump through to change flights? Uh, I went on Southwest and changed my league meeting itinerary for later this month to one for the league meetings in Marina del Rey in May, the smaller meetings. But mm. now that's where they're going to do all the rules changes, and apparently all the coaches are going to be at the, the meeting, so it's possible they might do the whole coaches' breakfast and all the media stuff out there if things have, have subsided. But one reason why I did that was I didn't want to be sitting there trying to find a way to cancel or shift uh, flights that, could be just completely off the table. Right. Just said, okay, fine. I'm, that way I don't have the headache here. Now, if they have a domestic travel ban through uh, May 20th, I've got a problem. Yep. <laughs> and again, you know, I, I think there is a, a cutoff in terms of we can't stop everything. No. And we shouldn't because that will cause a lot of problems. But – I think we can all agree that the Post Malone concert didn't need to happen last night. No. So, again, I just think I think leadership um, needs to just point everyone in the right direction because I think the truth is a lot of people either don't understand or are still feeling pretty naive to this, and that's like a natural thing that happens in the world is no one feels like anything is that big of a deal until they're directly affected. And so I think it's up to whoever is in charge of whatever to 
be cautious for everyone. And that's where maybe Rudy Gobert did everybody a favor because if he doesn't test positive for coronavirus, are we talking about everything being canceled right now? Absolutely not. Well, I guess there was the referee. There probably would have been. It, it probably would have happened. It would have been somebody else, but right that he is. The, the sooner the better. The, probably. He was the domino that tipped everything. Yep. Because it be, because at that point in, in the sports world, especially, that's when it became real. Yep. I mean, I guess there was a world we could have lived in where athletes, if no athlete had it yet, and maybe we could have acted on this two weeks ago. Teams remained in a you know glorified quarantine. They only arrived anywhere to play the games. Well, that was the plan before the Gobert announcement. Everything f- that was trickling out of the NBA meetings, all the reports were that they were going to play in closed arenas. Right, but I feel like they would have had to take the steps even further than that to actually prevent that any athlete from getting it. Mm-hmm. Is you would have had to start before any athlete got it, right. and every team in every sport had to operate under some sort of quarantine, mm-hmm. meaning they don't go anywhere yeah, other than to the arena and then back to wherever their little safe place is. But, that, again, that would have taken foresight from leadership that we didn't have. And also, and, and it took him foresight and also... Logistically. It's ho- logistically, it because you're telling all... You're telling... Not just the players, but the staff and everybody. I think the Jazz had 58 people get tested. Which is interesting that only two came up positive. It's potentially a positive sign. It is. But then you wonder, like, well, then how is it spreading so fast everywhere else? I don't know. Again, just my thoughts. Well, it's also, you figure in an environment like that, even though Gobert was apparently not taking things seriously, others were. I know, but I just feel like, you know, I was having this conversation with my girlfriend last night, and it's kind of a gross thing. Basketball players lick their hands throughout the game. And the, they, the sweat comes in contact with sweat. Right, so the ball yeah. uh-huh. gets sweat on it, and you're bouncing off of guys. You're getting their sweat on you. You're yeah. licking your hands to get better grip on the ball. You're, you know, you're trying to get the dirt off your sh- All of this stuff, I, I feel like a basketball team would have been the ultimate cesspool Mm-hmm. of this and it blows my mind that it like if you would have given me odds right. you said 58 people were tested if you would have given me over under 29 i would have taken the over for sure yeah the one thing though is that the 58 includes like pr people includes coaches who are around but not necessarily in contact so i think probably the number to focus on would be 15 and I still would players practice. I would have still I would have still expected five or six out of fifteen. I probably would have expected fifteen. Honestly, just based on what, like, like I said, I think I said this yesterday. Like, I'm out here, and I will continue to mm-hmm. you know uh, use like a sleeve when I open a doorknob or anything like that. Meanwhile, these guys are sweating all over each other. Um, you know, they're they're like I said, licking their hands, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And two guys, two guys got it, and maybe that's a sign that the the young and strong can fight it off before it even gets to them. Well, it's also going to be possible that a lot of people that do have it don't get tested, and, and maybe it's not that they don't know that they have it, but they just kind of shrugged it off. Yeah, that it was okay. I've got the flu. 
Right. And yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. But it's going to be a weird time. And we will be here to react and just process and try to have fun, especially as we get <laughs> further down the road. It's not very fun right now. Uh, but as we, as we get further down the road, we will we will start focusing on other things because I think there will come a time where people don't want to focus on this every day. No. Um, and there's definitely a time, probably tonight, where you're going to say, I need a Breckeridge beer because I think everyone could use a beer right now at the very least. There are other things that are being... <sighs> I was. I thought I had the analogy right. There are other things that are flying off store shelves that are emptying the shelves. But when I was at a couple of stores last night, there was plenty of Breck Brew still waiting for you. Yep, it's there. You got to get Breck Brew. And uh, as I've talked about, kind of leadership and all this. If you didn't see our announcement, we've stripped the grand opening title from what we're doing at the DNVR bar tonight um, to give you a, a full kind of picture of what's going on the dnvr bar before it became the dnvr bar was called colfax sports and brew it's all op- it was an operational bar great menu all that good stuff and it's also if you're searching for this on google maps you still want to type in colfax sports and brew probably for the foreseeable future yeah, until that gets changed it's hard to get google to do things you can also just type in 2239 colfax there you go but you know the bar like all bars is open and today it has our logo on it and it has our branding throughout the entire bar and pretty awesome it has our offices <laughs> up on the second level so as weird as this may be today is the first day of the dnvr bar and i'm i'm in this weird position personally as like i'm so excited about this and then i'm nervous about what's going on and um and and so the point i'm getting to is we are not having a grand opening celebration tonight we um some of us are going to go down there we're going to have a couple beers maybe a couple shots talk about the world process and whatnot um and and the doors will be open so if you're feeling comfortable and you know you, you need a bite to eat tonight and whatnot and you're feeling healthy and all of that then we'll be there. But in a you know, in the best interest of safety from our leadership, we're saying, hey, this is not a grand opening celebration. We will have one of those when the time is right. So we look forward to seeing you then um, because I'm sure a lot of people don't want to go out tonight. But in a weird way, it's the first day. Some of us will be down there, not all of us. Um, and when the time is right, we're going to pretend like none of this ever happened. Yeah. And we're going to say, it's our grand opening. We're having the party of the year. Come on down. And when that happens, it's going to be a blast. Um, so, you know, just whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's what you want, what you define as proper social distancing. I will say this, you know, they're, you know, the staff of uh, the DMVR bar that's going to be uh, working the bar, waiting tables greeting you when you come in like a lot of small businesses as well they might be hurting and maybe it's not the worst thing to uh, get out to a local restaurant every now and again and uh, provide a little support for uh, 
people in our service industry are probably uh, really feeling a crunch and facing a crunch right now. Definitely. And that's part of this is, you know, um, like I said, every bar and restaurant that I know of in Denver is still open. Mm-hmm. We couldn't be selfish and say, well, well no, we want to stop everything. Yeah. Because we want to have it to be, we, we don't want to open until it's a grand opening. And then, you know, the, tr- the truth is it, it wasn't an option. But if we were to do that, all of these people would be out of jobs. We don't want that, of yeah. course. So I agree with that, Mace. You know, again, what I said earlier is we can't stop everything mm-hmm. or the world will stop turning. We maybe come down, you know, go down for lunch, whether it's to us or to Blake Street Tavern or to another place. And, you know, it's not going to be crazy packed or anything like that. Go somewhere for lunch. Maybe leave a little extra tip than you normally would um, because those those people are hurting. You know, St. Patrick's Day this weekend, that's normally a huge celebration. And based on what I saw at that concert last night, I think there's still probably going to be plenty of people out and around downtown. Yeah, and I mean... But it is, it's just yeah. different, and, and every industry is taking a hit. You know, uh, freelance sports journalists right now, What are the, that's, I feel terrible for them. But again, and this leads me to one other point, and then I'll let you talk. Yeah, go ahead. It's In 2020, sometimes this stuff gets convoluted, but I think it's okay to feel bad for more thing more things than one we can first and foremost feel awful and and mourn for what's going on for people in italy right now yes that is the awful and and my heart breaks for that country but it's okay to also feel bad for the senior on the UConn women's basketball team who doesn't get to live out her dream of playing for a national championship. It's okay to feel bad for the freelance sports journalist who doesn't know what to do right now. It's okay to feel bad as well for the waiter or waitress who is not going to make as much money and may not be able to pay their bills and all that stuff. We can't, I feel like people think if you're giving energy towards one thing and feeling bad for something, that means that you're not giving enough energy to the bigger, uh, worse problem. It's a lot more nuanced than that. We can uh, feel bad and, and have feelings for more things than one. That's a great point. Just like I say, DNVR has its tentacles in a lot of places. This current situation, coronavirus, it's got its tentacles in a lot of places too. Everywhere. Exactly. And so I think there's room in everyone's heart to have empathy for the not only the person that is actually dealing with this illness firsthand but also like you said the senior at uh, UConn who's done how about all the high school kids yeah the seniors in high school they can't get another year of eligibility no potentially the NCAA might grant extra eligibility to a lot of these seniors in spring in winter and spring sports in high school that's not happening so you think about the the state high school basketball championships being canceled one of my good friends that's it yeah one of my good friends brothers plays for Fairview Mm-hmm. The high school I went to, they just made the final four. They're they're going to play tonight for a chance to play in the state championship. Mm-hmm. They were two games away from being state champions. They're you know when you're 18, that's your dream. Heck, I mean, but even getting the final four is an accomplishment. You're getting to play uh, at on at Denver Coliseum. Usually, it's in front of you know four or five thousand people. And yeah, what a thrill that sadly so many of these kids aren't going to get to experience. Yeah. So again, you can feel for them, and it's not. 
Yeah. Um, it's not a lack of feeling for something else that's a bigger problem. And I, and I feel terrible for him. And the truth is, I bet you it's a lot harder to understand as an 18-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know when I was 18, I was if something like this had happened, I would have been naive. I would have been not taking it as seriously. And, and if I was the one who just had the state championship pulled out from under me, I would be so upset. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really hard when you're that young to understand the global implications. So it's that's just something that I want everyone to remember is there like you, I like the, the word you use. There's enough room in our hearts. Yes. To feel for everyone who's being impacted. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm concerned about my parents and hope making sure they're OK because they're both in their mid 70s. But it doesn't mean that because of that, I'm not fo- I don't have room to focus on the everyone in the service industry who works hourly and everyone and like you mentioned the freelance journalists who uh, just saw a lot of their income vanish with all the cancellations and uh, you know it's it's okay I mean we I feel I feel empathy for an awful lot of people right now and I feel like and that's fine I think I think we're all feeling it. it's part of the this is a communal thing a societal thing and we're all going and even though we're in social isolation you and i are about six feet apart doing this so i think we're within the guidelines here we're going through this together yep absolutely okay let's go to get let's go through this together with the listeners and yes. try and maybe talk about some more football because there's a some, i saw some questions last night some good football stuff in here already waiting for us and the first one comes in from Loch Ness Monster who says with our current running back depth do you guys think it's a smart move to add Deion Lewis to this team since the Titans cut him would would you want to go with another small guy alongside Philip Lindsay yeah that's the thing we're we're talking about somebody who's 5'8 a buck 95 and in terms of what he can do he is Probably more effective right now as a receiving back than a running back. Now, that part may help him, and it may lead you to say, okay, uh, that's a skill set you don't have in that room because you're, you're letting Theo Riddick go, and you're letting Devontae Booker go almost certainly. But I'm still looking for somebody who has a different build than Philip Lindsay. So for me, Deion Lewis is a pass. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the truth is you need to um, teach Philip Lindsay to be that guy. That is your ultimate goal. You can bring in a power back and you need to f- teach Phil to be, um, uh, you know, a, a three down back. Mm-hmm. You need to. Maybe get Phil on the jugs a little more once you get back to the facility. Yeah. Because last year. Some may have been the wrist, of course, that he was uh, dealing with and getting all the way back from that. But as a receiving back, Phil was not as effective as the Broncos needed, not as Phil as effective as we know Phil can be from seeing him as a rookie and seeing him as, at CU. Yep. Next one's from Johnny G. Hey, gang. I'm a few days behind on the podcast, so I wanted to wish you all a belated congratulations on the DNVR bar. I hope the opening weekend is a blast. In the comments that were read on Tuesday's podcast, I think it was Mile High Mike, he posted the question about six NFL teams that share names with vehicles. I think that there's a couple more that I thought of. However, they aren't current. Ford Falcon, mm-hmm. Mitsubishi Raider. Good one. And a Dodge Colt. Ooh. So you've got the Ford Bronco. What were some of the other ones that were mentioned? Well, like the obvious one was the uh, the, ja- the Jaguar, mm. if you're going to say it uh 
if, if you're going to say it properly. Um, you had uh, the Dodge Charger, for example. You could go Mustang, not in the NFL. Right. Oh, the Dodge Charger. That's a good one. Uh, the Jeep Patriot. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's some good ones. He goes on now for a Broncos question. I saw the Twitter news that the Broncos had signed that uh, long snapper that Tom McMahon has had his eye on to a one-year deal, and we haven't met with Casey Kreider. Is there a reason we wouldn't want to lock him down ASAP? He's been a Pro Bowl caliber long snapper, and it seems it would be a position crucial to those game-on-the-line moments the Broncos seem to find themselves in all too often. Just leaves me scratching my head. Thanks, and congrats again. I can't wait to stop in when I come to Denver. We I can't think, wait to have you. Yeah, I can't wait to see you over there, man. And the long snapper position, it seems that John Elway has made an organizational decision that the Broncos yep. aren't going to invest a lot in the long snapper position. Remember, when he got here, he inherited the contract of Lonnie Paxton, who had been signed by Josh McDaniels. And after one year of Lonnie Paxton, they decided to go young and go with Aaron Brewer. And then there was other stuff involved with Aaron Brewer, but the Broncos moved on to Casey Kreider. And there was no drop-off. So now you get the sense that they're viewing long snapper as a fungible asset that you can turn over once that player is beyond the initial four-year cost control. The truth is John Elway keeps tapping the stove, and he's not getting burned. Right. And so until he gets burned, and I'll touch wood, I hope it never happens, but why change the the, uh, the formula? Um we went through this one time, and I'll touch wood again before I even say this. The Broncos haven't had a bad snap in, like, 20 years. Yeah. it's It's been a long time. So, like, we went through it. Casey Kreider never had a bad snap in his career. Touch wood for him. Um, Lonnie Paxton never had a bad snap in his career. Aaron Brewer never had a bad snap in his career. So, that's I went, those were the ones that I remembered. We went through three. And so, again, John keeps – tapping the stove and it's not hot and so he's gonna keep trying that yeah i'd have to look back i i want to say it was a bears game in 03 that mike leach had a snap that was a little bit off on a field goal attempt but i think that's it so by my recollection 17 it's been 17 years it's been pretty impressive years yeah, and I think let's knock wood again because if I jinx that, I am sorry. We didn't jinx but it. We touched wood. We well, yeah, but I and I did touch wood after that as well. But that being said, if there's a bad snap, then we're gonna sit there and blame the change. I think. Rightfully so. Yeah, and a change that maybe you didn't necessarily need to have. World of suck. I've seen several national media people comment that this all feels bizarre because usually in times of crisis, we rally around sports. Well, I just want to say that I'm dang proud of the sporting community because more than any other institution, sports woke the country up to what we could be facing. The swift action of the NBA being the first domino to fall may be the difference between a disastrous outbreak and a mild outbreak in the U.S., 
The data shows that this coronavirus thing is significantly more lethal in places where the number of cases begins to exceed what the healthcare system is able to handle. That is what's happened in Italy and in China's Wuhan province. We may not be watching sports for the next month, but our major sports leagues may have saved thousands of American lives this week. Stay cheery, folks, and wash your dang hands. I really hope that's, that turns out to be true, that, that this domino falling saves lives because that you know it would it would bring everything into a much uh, more clear perspective the thing is we'll never know we'll never know how many lives were saved well and we'll never know how many lives could have been saved if it was if the move was made even a week earlier it's true but i'm sure ex- some expert will come out with at least a projection of yes what you know the the swift action as a uh, world of suck Mm-hmm. aptly called it on how it did help but it also i mean i think this also showed and this sort of works against what i was saying kind of the fear earlier the the fear that people may realize they can live without sports but it also shows the importance of sports to this country yep that it really that it it will turn out the the wake up moment was an nba game being called mm mm-hmm. mhm at People in us. Oklahoma City being told to go home, and that was, and that was the moment when the world the the world changed. It still feels weird to me that the that everything around me doesn't look like it's changing. Like my whole sports world has been taken away. Yes, but you look out on the highway; oh. there's still traffic right now. Yeah, P- the, the world it's going on. It's. It's different. It just feels weird because it feels like my world has stopped. Right. And the rest of the world hasn't. Well, I think what's interesting is, like, if you're looking at Italy for guidance, a, a Western nation fairly comparable in a lot of ways, we've seen now a couple weeks in that Italy is basically shut down with the exception of pharmacies, grocery stores, things like that. And I think what we'll probably see here in this country in the next 10 days or so is a gradual kind of wind down. And maybe you won't see the same traffic on I-25 out here at this time next week as we did last week. I would actually say this. I'm on I-25 every early evening at about six o'clock and yesterday was the lightest I'd seen the traffic in the last few weeks. So we'll see how that looks today. I think it's already starting to happen from Chub club 55 copy and pasting from yesterday. Cause I barely missed the cut boys. I'm a little late on the hype train, but I cannot believe the news about the bar. Congrats fellas. My wife and I have been trying to plan a trip out to Denver from North Idaho for a Broncos game, but tickets to the games are a little out of the price range these days now the idea of coming and watching a game at the dnvr bar with all fellow broncos fans and dnvr subscribers would be incredible i agree mm-hmm. on the other side of things with covid19 shutting down almost everything every sporting event you guys are going to have a tough time with no games to play on the tvs obviously the move would be to play old classic broncos nugs and as games since this is the broncos podcast i'll keep it broncos related so i'll ask you guys if you could choose one classic broncos game excluding super bowl wins to play on replay in your bar until the nuggets and Avs start back up what would they be i'm 27 so not quite old enough to remember the drive so i'd pick that one to put on replay 
Good luck with the bar, fellas. Hope to see you there at some point in the coming seasons. An old Bronco game. Ooh. Man, I'm going to go total old school here. I'm going to pick John Elway's first comeback. Mm. Week 15, 1983. Now, the first half film is going to be rough because the Broncos are going to dig themselves a 19 nothing hole by the time you get to the second, the, the, early in the second half. But then Elway brings the team back bit by bit. Final score, 21-19. Touchdown pass to Gerald Wilhite in the final moments is what ends up deciding it. It's a win that puts the Broncos in the playoffs after being out for the previous three seasons. A moment that foretold of greatness to come. A very important game in Bronco history. And I know that game has been floating around YouTube from time to time. And if we have to uh, go to the YouTube watch, I'd recommend that one. It's a lot of fun. I love it, Mace. That's that's one that I would love to watch myself. And also, we got some breaking news. Well, by the time you listen to this, it won't be breaking news. But uh, Ian Rappaport reporting that the franchise tag has officially been placed upon Justin Simmons. Oh, nice. Great. Um, so that's unsurprising. The only thing that would have kept that from happening would have been a last-minute deal. But Justin Simmons' franchise tag, of course, we've talked about this before. I was the one who informed Justin of this in the locker room one day, that every player the Broncos have put the franchise tag on has ultimately signed a multi-year deal it's part of why Justin Simmons, he's not really particularly worried about uh, the outcome for him, but uh, Simmons will be a Bronco in 2020. They've placed the tag on him, but I do expect this is just a step into a, leading to a multi-year deal at some point in the next few months. I'm great not for, worried at all. Great for Justin. We'll talk more about Justin, I assume, on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, really happy for him. He deserves it. And, you know, Ryan, had, Ryan and Ben and I were talking last night about uh you know taking care of your guys and all the Mm -hmm. guys who have done the right things we were talking in relation to philip Lindsay, but justin simmons is another guy who you show those guys in the locker room hey you are right in the community you're right with the media you do all the right things in the locker room and on the field we will take care of you i'm glad in the the franchise tag is not that no but but it is a sign of that to come it's part of the fact that justin simmons is the complete package as a player and a person He's the kind of man that you want in that locker room. And as the leadership baton gets handed to a new generation of Broncos, you figure one of the guys who's going to have his hands on the baton once it's been sanitized is Justin Simmons. Um, To answer the question about the Broncos game that I'd like to see, Uh I want to watch the – Broncos, Cowboys, Peyton Manning, Tony Romo. Oh. Shootout at the OK Corral. Yes. That was fun. I want to watch that one as a regular season game. And then a playoff game. The first one that came to mind is just 2015 AFC Championship. That was such a high-pressure game. We actually were watching some bits of that last night on one of the Peyton's Places episodes that my wife had on. And my wife was talking about how she was in the stands and how she was at the closed end of the stadium, the north end. So right where everything went down and you had the the two-point conversion stop and was right there and was reminiscing about how crazy she went and everybody went around there. And uh, 
Yeah. That was a great day. Great day. It was a fun. It was a fun day, and part of the reason it was the game was great and fun is that it wasn't a runaway. Oh yeah. The Broncos were up, but it was always in doubt, and you knew the Patriots would come storming back. And the other thing is that the def, you know the D wasn't always great that day, but as John Facenda once said, it was great when it had to be. Absolutely. From Bleed Orange Blue Mace, what is the app you use to hear the audio of sports telecasts in bars or restaurants? That sounds like an amazing app that would be really helpful for me when watching my teams at the local sports bar here in Prescott, Arizona. Okay, it's called Tunity. Yep. It was actually recommended to me by a friend of mine who is, well, he's still doing work for the Panthers. A lot of people have uh, left the Panthers' uh, digital arm in the last uh, several months, but uh, my friend Rob Paul is still there, still editing video, and he recommended it to me. Now, the one thing to watch out for is if it's a regional broadcast, it may not be able to get the audio because it's mostly focused on national networks and national broadcasts. But, you know, if you're in a bar and the bro- and I think they get it, it's, they, their offices are in New York, so it's whatever's on air in New York. So sometimes you may, like, put your phone up and capture the screen and it may if it's a regional broadcast it may not have it but uh, if you're going to the bar and they get the nugs on espn or the avs on nbc sports network and you want to hear the broadcast you just take your phone hold up to a screen it'll capture it for you and then it'll sync it up and next thing you know you got audio right then and there it's something that i use pretty often i love it yeah i've used it before too um i tried to use it in the press box which a lot of people like to do I've used it there too. I just get, I don't know, I get too distracted. I like like talking to you and Zach and there's too much going on. Like you've got the PA announcer in the press box. You've got what's going on on the field. You've got something in your ear. You've got Zach on my left, you on my right. It's just too much. Well, you see, I've got the one ear thing down. I have, I have the broadcast in one ear and then I can listen to people in but the But that's other because ear. you get to sit on my right side. Yeah. So you only have to have your left uh, ear available. I'm between you guys. So I need both ears available. True. But I'm not. I'm also not the most talkative person sometimes in games because I'm kind of, I'm because I've got. I'm listening to the conversation. I'm listening to what's in my ear, and I'm watching what's going on. I'm. I sometimes get really into a, and I'm tweeting. Hope, I get into a, a zone sometimes. Hopefully, when it doesn't annoy you that I'm super talkative during games. Believe me, RK. If it had annoyed me, I would have told you. Okay. Good. You would have known. So I. You're. You're. I can't. I can't hide things. It's on the surface. So you're. You're good. I spend half of the game just like whispering jokes that are like probably not like I Twitter enjoy- probably isn't ready for them. Yeah, that's <laughs> another thing about the press box is there are things that all of us reporters say that we don't put on social totally. media. Totally. Sometimes I also like crowdsource a tweet. Like I say it out loud, see if people laugh about it. Yes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's. But we we do have filters working when we're in there. On to Southern Steve. Hi, guys, and congrats on the DMVR bar opening. I can't wait to travel out to Denver again and get to enjoy the camaraderie with other Bronco fanatics. I'm looking forward to purchasing a new DMVR bar T-shirt to wear while watching Broncos games in a Virginia Beach bar. Good luck and go Broncos. Sounds pretty awesome. It does. Sounds great. Our friend the Count, Count Locula. The Broncos can flat-out suck as they have of late. Hell, sports can even be canceled, and you fine gents still find the color, still locate, and illuminate our world. That was the awesome. Sh- Chicago song, Color My World. Oh. It's the one that began, do, 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 do,
Uh, nope. Oh, sorry. Don't have me. Anyway. Sorry. If there's never another sports ball game, the fighting chance at DMVR will always have something to talk about. Probably move on to uh, Bachelor coverage, I guess. Yep. Let's face it. You fine fellows are really actually life commentators that happen to do so through a lens of sports. Kudos. Also. It means, real quick, it means yeah, a lot. Uh, it does. To hear that because yeah. that's what we strive to be. Um, obviously, we want to talk about the Broncos. And we, if there was a football game every day, that would probably be awesome. But. We do like to, you know, it, it, this is a family. Well, what do families yeah. do? They talk, and we like to talk about everything here. When I talked with Brandon Spano about joining what is now DNVR, one of the things that we discussed was the emphasis on culture and community and said that one of the reasons why he really was open to have me here is because on social media I te- he felt I understood that based on how I interacted with people and all that. And it's been one of the joys of this job is being a part of this community. Even though it's it's virtual, just because it's virtual doesn't mean it's there. But now we've got the DNVR that's going to be the physical manifestation of that. It's going to be really cool. Absolutely. And one of the joys of the job for me is seeing the way that you light up when you get to meet our listeners and members and subscribers at tailgates and whatnot. So I'm looking forward to seeing that happen Aww. at uh, the DNVR bar. Well, it's... These people take the time to listen to us, to read, uh, to read us, to interact with us. Um, in my book, if you're anything less than grateful to the pe- to people that follow you and come up to you and really make our working lives possible, then you're doing it wrong. Yes. So I absolutely agree. Back to our friend the count. Also, why do we pronounce the words Mike, hike, and bike? Like we do, and yet we say Nike when we see a swoosh shoe. Please explain. Love the count. Nike was a Greek goddess or god? I believe goddess. I think so, too. So, there you go. Yes. Different etymology there. But still, that's a good thought. Yeah. It's the only one, I think, that that doesn't like need that. a Y to be pronounced to pronounce the E. Uh, that's true. You're right. I, I, I'm actually very certain that you're right on that one. All right. Next one here comes in from Iceman. Hey, friends. Miss Zach again. Let's talk COVID-19 from a layman's point of view. Think of COVID-19 as a super flu that can morph into pneumonia overnight, which is why it becomes a mortality issue mm-hmm. much more than the common flu. In 1978, I contracted the Hon- Hong Kong flu, which turned into double walking pneumonia. I spent a week in the old Fitzsimmons Army Medical Center and now the Anschutz Medical Center. I've never been sicker. Just saying. Mrs. Iceman also had the Hong Kong flu without the pneumonia. She has had pneumonia since. Go America. Yeah, pneumonia, is, that's, that's the big concern with this, is uh, that it, it, it grows and uh, turns in, that, the, that you get uh, coronavirus and it turns into something serious. And also, as he, and, and also it can be illuminated here, it's why making sure that we are in, in we are in social uh, we all have social distance that we are self quarantining if we have the collection of symptoms on this it's important for the most vulnerable among us those who are elderly those who are immunocompromised it's a sacrifice that we have to make but it's worth making because health is the most important thing yeah and i kind of mentioned health. this yesterday i feel kind of lucky in a sense that i I'm not around people like that often, mm. and so I, I I don't have to 
worry right quite as much um and i like i said i think i said like i just i feel for the person who has to go to work and then come home and care for their grandmother or whatever mm-hmm. it may be because that's got to be really scary yeah and i that's one reason why nursing homes are of particular concern right now and also i was reading an article in the washington post last night didn't have the tv on and i was working but i was still doing a little reading to kind of uh, take breaks from work and it mentioned how it was Wednesday night in the villages and people in Florida a big retirement community and people were still gathering and they quoted people that weren't really taking this thing seriously and I retweeted the article and said if there's a if this thing comes to the villages in Florida it's going to be frightening yeah because everyone there is over 55 and there seems to be some sense of denial among people there. Yikes. Um, Super Bowlin reaches in and says, I'm sending some extra love to Z today. Stay strong, brother. And yeah, oh, yeah. we're really, uh, like we said yesterday, I mean, it's a tough time for everyone and even tougher for Zach and, and his girlfriend and, and her family. So yep. um, I, I know Zach um, posted on social, so I, I feel comfortable sharing here that um, his – girlfriend's mother or as he described it what he hoped to be his mother-in-law one day uh passed away this week so Mm -hmm. extra love to them especially to annika and uh we love you guys yeah all right he says rk you did it man you created some tears yesterday when talking about community you're right this place is real special it's really special to me so i'm i'm glad you feel the same way says, while the NFL may not want to push anything back, I wonder how this will impact the draft. Thinking pro days may not happen, facility visits not happening, this could get interesting. Yeah, we talked a little about the pro days and the facility visits. And uh, if you've got some teams that are basically going on lockdown and others are not, I think the NFL is going to step in and make the decision for everybody to keep things equitable league-wide. Yeah, and again, I think you, can, I think you actually could go on with the draft without needing anyone to be in person anywhere. Ex- Look, you you don't even have to have a ballroom like in the old days. You can literally do the whole thing by teleconference and that's if all you, you want need. to. And unfortunately for us in the media, it might extend to us because literally they could do a teleconference at the end of each day or they could do a teleconference with the player that they're getting on. So it's possible, RK, that... I know we talked about uh, maybe you know you being at the DNVR bar and Zach and I being over at Dove Valley. It's possible we might be sitting there at the office of the DNVR bar all doing this together. And it's just fine. There are worse situations. Yeah, I'm thinking like, and they probably won't do this, but like the way I imagine it working working is like you create a Slack channel for all of the media, um, the Broncos do, mm-hmm. and they just say, hey, you need to log on to the Slack channel, and every time that we have a conference, we'll text it in. Yeah, you guys call in. We'll do the we'll do it, and then we'll hang. And and I'm sure they'll just end up doing this with like a group chat. Type uh, of a thing. group. I think it'll be a group text. Yeah. So they, 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 a mass um, text or email, and that'll be fine. And again, as much as you know, there's money on the line here. You can do this in a way that is safe for everyone, and and keep it rolling. And everyone just has to make changes. Like I feel like a lot of times we're very resistant to changing the way we do things. And so we, we'd rather just cancel it and wait till we can do it the normal way. Mm-hmm. It might be important to just make changes and not be stubborn about the way that we do things and, and be okay with that. I think the thing that 
in terms of the coverage and being there that we want to make sure is that this is a one-year change. Right. We don't want it to become permanent. It's like the locker room thing. My fear is that locker rooms being closed becomes permanent. And then we're all doing group interviews and we're all getting the same quotes, which would be a shame, quite frankly, if that's how it ends up working. Yeah, it would. It really would. And uh, I know they deal with that in, uh, in Europe covering soccer teams. Trust me, we don't want that here. Yeah. The mixed zone where players, if they don't want to talk, they don't talk. There's something about being in the locker room where players may not want to talk, but they feel compelled to. Because we're there. They, they, for that 45 minutes, they can't keep us out. And media is ultimately kind of the, the public representatives that are in that room. We feel like we represent our subscribers, our followers on social media, our listeners when we're in there. Yep. And so we try to ask the questions that you would ask. Yes. So. Um, when appropriate. There's sometimes things come up and we know we can't ask it in that way. Yes. Okay, and the next one here comes in from Mr. Freeze, who says, Sending positive vibes Zach's way. With all the sports on pause, may I suggest the DNVR Book Club? Everyone could benefit from reading a little bit more. Well, I don't think we're going to do it with actual books, but I think we will have something along the lines of that. Yeah, and also, if you want a book, if you haven't read Tales from the Denver Broncos sideline by yours truly Andrew Mason there you go it's available if you can't get the hard copy it's and you're more inclined to digital downloads it's available in Nook from Barnes and Noble it's available in Kindle from Amazon it's available in Apple Books as well and uh, I highly recommend it it's a basically takes you on a trip through Broncos history and you may have heard some of the vignettes that from that book over the course of the podcast over the last several months yeah, but there's plenty more that I haven't shared on this pod, so it's it's a good read. I think uh, if you want to learn a little more, more about Broncos history, especially I love the part I wrote about the '60s and '70s. Uh, if you're a younger Bronco fan, I highly recommend it. Love it. So there, there's your reading. You know, little little reading for the downtime. Tales from the Denver Broncos sideline. I'll have to get a copy for myself. All right, I'll from- give I will give you a copy. No, you won't. I want to buy it. I appreciate that, but I I still have a few extra copies at home. I will happily give you a copy if you want. Uh, like I have a buddy who's in a band, and they're pretty successful even. And whenever a new record comes out for them, I don't want them to give it to me. I want to buy it. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. From Elroy Jetson. Hey, guys. Uh, wanted to give what is likely the final update on my archery team for the year. As I'm sure you will guess, in this trying time, the Kentucky State Archery Tournament was canceled. So, in your guys' opinions, would that mean we are in a tie for the state championship? LOL, looking for a pick-me-up as all of my team is bummed. Stay healthy, my friends. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. In the Olympics, when two swimmers or two sprinters finish in a tie, they both get gold medals. Congratulations, you're a state champion. And you don't have to call yourself a co-champion. You're a state champion. Absolutely. Period. Uh, from Pig Tosser 66, safe to say I've never had a birthday quite like that before, the day the sports world stopped. Wow, what a crazy time we're in. So glad to have this pod in the DNVR community to grind through this with. Appreciate you guys and what you represent. Have a great opening night at the bar. Well, thank you. and appreciate that. Sorry your birthday was unusual. Still hope you found some happiness. Enjoy the day. Every birthday is an accomplishment. I, that's how I feel. The day the sports world stopped. I bet you there'll be a 30 for 30 about that one day. Yes. The New York Post had that as the uh, 
as the headline on their back page for this morning. But yes, there's a 30 for 30 coming. You want to let some time pass, but I imagine 10 years from now, there's going to be a 30 for 30 on it. And that's why like our, our podcast yesterday, I mean, I feel like that was, just, that, that was a time capsule of the moment. I think uh, as I was listening to some sports talk radio yesterday, it kind of felt it felt like just we were all we were all sitting there commenting on history as it was happening. Yeah, this is a it's a it's a moment that will be forever in our social consciousness. So Mile High Mike, you guys are heroes. Well, thank you. I don't know if we're heroes, but appreciate the sentiment. Myself, among others, for sure, will be loyally listening no matter how long the sports dry spell lasts. If needs be, if need be, I'm ready to go, armed with a handful of off-topic questions since we need some non-sports topics. I found some easy-to-understand info on the coronavirus I really, I, mean, I would really like to share it with the family. It's brief and doesn't take long to share, and I think it could help a lot of people find peace in place of fear in these difficult times. Visit, and he's got the URL in there. It just shows nine graphs and tables that illustrate how the virus has affected the country and world. It states its sources and it is legitimate. Some of the less complicated statistics could be easily read on by our beloved Broncos experts, like how 80.9% of infections aren't severe and people can make a full recovery just by staying home and it doesn't differ too much from the flu. I'm grateful for the DMVR family and glad our community can lift each other up when we're down with love. Mile high, Mike. Yeah, uh, this is what we have to be here. Yes. For uh, for for each other. Um, sadly, you know, the uh, the statistics, at least the way that people are projecting it, means that mm-hmm. soon enough we will be directly impacted in one way or another as a family. And so... We just have to uh, be prepared to be here for each other. And like we said, you know, unfortunately, Mace and I uh, can't provide any direct relief because we aren't doctors. Right. But we can do what we do best. And that's entertainment. And and I'll leave my wife to provide the direct relief as an anesthesiologist. But we were joking last night, my wife and I, about how so many people's work lives are changing, working at home. And for my wife and I, it is completely unaffected. Yeah, it's different, but it's it's business as usual yep. in terms of what we're doing. Yep, we'll be here trying to entertain. That's what we do best. Yes. Next one here is from Larry Den Jr. He says, "Respect to Ryan and Mace holding the entire podcast down. It's a tough time for us who love sports, but you guys are still making listening to this podcast fun. So I appreciate you. Well, thank you. I'd love to hear your guys' point of view because next time we hear from you, the legal tampering uh, begins. So lay it out." What's your free agency wish list, and how much money are you spending? Love to hear your feedback, gentlemen. Stay safe. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, LDJ. If it's a wish list, um, I'm wishing for – well, I, I wish they would re-sign Derek Wolf, even though it appears that's not going to happen. I am wishing for Michael Pierce or DJ Reader. I'm fine with either. I'm wishing for Prince Amukamara. And just to settle things on the offensive line, I'm I'm wishing for Joe Thune from New England. I'll sleep better at night. I, Even though I think they're going in the Elijah Wilkinson direction at guard. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what I want. I know I think I want Prince Mukamara in tier two. Mm-hmm. 
a free agency. Um, I want Joe Schobert. I want Joe Schobert too. <laughs> Badly. I would love this. This town loves linebackers. Maybe just football fans do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like this is like a linebacker town. And Dane Trevathan's off the market. I know he's a name we've talked about. Yep. But it got a little lost in the shuffle with everything going on in the sports world. But the Bears have agreed to terms with him on, I believe, a three-year contract. So Dane Trevathan will not be hitting the market. I just I, – I feel like – this place loves linebackers. Gratishar, uh, Mecklenburg, Al Wilson. Like, we need a we need the new generation of Denver Broncos linebacker. Maybe it's AJ Johnson at some point, but but the thing with AJ Johnson, and we saw it with Todd Davis, and and the Broncos have announced they're going to pick up the option on Todd Davis. But you just you you need someone stable next to Alexander Johnson who can have a wide variance in his performance and is still kind of learning a lot of the nuances of being an inside linebacker. Todd Davis can do that fine, but Joe Schobert, I think, gives you an upgrade, something you don't have there. Just my take. Yeah, I do too. No offense to Todd. I think that we can – I think it would be really exciting for them to to get a guy like Joe Schobert. And I know Zach did his free agency – Wish list a couple of days ago, basically saying after the franchise tag for Simmons, after cutting, after getting AJ Boye in, after cutting Flacco, basically, and also accounting for future draft picks coming up next month, about forty million is what he was working with. But you can do a lot with that forty million. From T Woods sixteen, Zach, we all love you. Our hearts are with you and your girlfriend's family. Amen. Mm-hmm. One, back to football-related. With the possibility of the team being sold, what are the chances on the possible new owner would want to relocate? I don't think it has any chance, but wanted to hear experts' opinions. No way. I'm not saying 0.0. I am saying probably a 0.1% chance, so about one in a 1,000. You're talking about a city that has sold out the stadium for 50-something straight years. Yeah, that has a stadium that is still workable. It's not one of the best in the league, but it's fine. It's got the club seats. It's got the luxury suites. There are still some things that can be done with it. The other thing interesting about Denver is that it, even though it's growing fast, if a new owner wanted to simply start buying up land for a new stadium and a new land development project, Denver actually does still have some land that you could work with. It would be... And in fact, I would even recommend it to the Broncos. Um, if your plan is to build a new stadium someday, start do what the Atlanta Braves did and start buying a bunch of land in an opportune spot, say between Pena Boulevard and the A line on the rails on the rail system, and build Bronco World out there. So it's on a highway, but it's also on public transit as well. So Denver has that. Some markets don't have that. And Denver has a very diverse business community. Back in the 1980s, Denver as a city was more oil and gas centric. And so the, when the price of oil dropped, the economy took a little bit of a hit during the 1980s. And in fact, you can go back to some old broadcasts from the 1980s. I think it was at least one playoff broadcast that talked about the Broncos doing well while the city of Denver economically wasn't doing well, saying that you know people there are fewer people going to the symphony, fewer people going to shows, but the Broncos are still selling out games. Yeah, 
I think that. So, uh, but Denver economically is much more diverse and can weather an economic storm better than most markets in the country. I think leaving Denver would be a fool's errand. It's. I don't think the Broncos are going anywhere. I really, really, really could not imagine that at all. Yeah. Um, but people couldn't imagine the Browns leaving in 1995. People couldn't imagine the Sonics leaving Seattle. I think the, because of moves like that, the unimaginable can be imaginable, but the chances are remote because where do the Broncos go that is a better market? Nowhere. The next one. Two, I've been thinking a lot lately that the Broncos might trade up to 31 with the Niners as the Niners have one pick in the first four rounds. I know it would cost us our two, but what else would it take? Our third round pick? Multiple? Thanks, guys, and stay safe out there. I think you could do a two and a three for their late one. Bingo. That's the ideal value for it, and I, too, would not be surprised if that deal happens. That, that would be fantastic. Fifth-year option on two players? Mm-hmm. Better player? Love it. So then they would have no picks in the second round. That would be interesting. It would be nice for us. But still two picks in the third round. Right, but it would give us that second day mm-hmm. to work on our stories from the first, from the first true, couple people. True, true. The other thing is that if they trade the three, looking at the value chart, how everything goes, I'd like it to be the middle three. So you trade the middle three, not the first three. The two, is, And then I think you'd be able to have a fair deal for both sides and – that fifth-year option, like you mentioned, for somebody be huge. From Dan, trade-up for Ruggs Burke. Thinking of Zach, his girlfriend, and everyone else affected by the sad news. Shout-out to RK and Mace for holding down the pot until Zach's ready to come back. Any thoughts on Blake Bortles to be the backup? Broncos showed some interest in the past, and he has a similar skill set to Locke. I don't know about that. Plenty of starting experience, including playoffs. I don't get the backup QB personality that he may require from the position, but he checks off a lot of the boxes, and he was well-liked by his teammates. Plus, I think he could relate well to Drew. I want a quarterback who has better feel for the rush and better feel for defenses than Blake Bortles has shown over the years. Uh, Blake Bortles, I I watch him, and everything just feels awkward, unwieldy. I'm not a Bortles fan. I didn't look. I admit I didn't like him coming out of UCF. It's not because he went to UCF. It's because I felt that he didn't have the, a, a good feel for the position, at least that you have to have on the pro level a good feel for the pass rush. For me, Bortles is a hard pass. Me too. But I don't care about the backup quarterback. I do. I want the backup quarterback to be Brett because he connects with Drew. I want the backup quarterback to be somebody that I know can step in for four games and be another coach. You've got Brett Rippon who connects with Drew Locke, but I don't know that I trust him for four games. I would sleep better at night if Chase Daniel were a Bronco. All right. Well, I hope that for you because I want you to sleep well. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, um, I wouldn't even need a melatonin. I could just sleep soundly. And we can call the quarterback room the Mizzou 2. All right. Just don't go bring in Blaine Gabbert. I want to give a shout. We don't need him. I want. I, I don't want Gabbert. I, I, the Mizzou guy I want is Chase Daniel. What about Brad Smith? Bring him out of retirement? Yeah. I always thought he never got a fair shot. You know, and Brad Smith may have come along too soon. I think teams would have a better idea of how to use Brad Smith today than they did back in the mid-2000s. Have you ever heard my Brad Smith story? No. You know how when you're a kid, sometimes you do things to be cool or whatever, and then 
you instantly regret it. Like it gives you like a pit in your stomach. Mm-hmm. You feel really guilty about it. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was at a CU Missouri game and I was standing in the very first row on the visitor's sideline and I was surrounded by my friends. I, I want to say I'm about in sixth grade, right when you're trying to like show off, you know? Yep. And Brad Smith jogs out at the beginning of the game and I'm like closer than you and me and I just yell Smith you suck (laughs) and he just looks at me with this just like what the hell man look and I instantly my heart sank and I was like what am I doing that was so rude yeah and uh I felt really really bad about that for a long time but it was a lesson learned right it was players are people too yep so now I just Sit further away and yell, and they can't hear me. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure that's the lesson I was thinking you were going to learn. <laughs> that was the lesson. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, uh, we all did that when we were a kid at some point in a sporting event. Yep. You it get- also reminds me of another story. The first game of the Dan Hawkins era. Dark time for CU Sports. Um, was that the Montana State game? Yes, they were playing Montana State, and they started a quarterback by the name of James Cox. He was a senior, long-time backup. Oh, boy. Here we go. He got the nod, and uh, he was terrible on the game. Obviously, they ended up losing to Montana State, but at one point, some one guy in the stands is just tearing into him from far away. He can't hear it. But my buddy, I don't know what possessed him to do this. Again, oh, God, what was the first year of the Dan Hawkins era? 2006. Six, yeah. So I am uh, 14 at this time. One of my buddies is just, I don't know what, what inspires him to say this, but he just turns to the dude and just goes, dude, that's my brother. Not true at all, but the guy <laughs> was mortified <laughs> because he was just, you effing suck, you stupid, you know, just screaming. And then, he's, and then my buddy's just like, dude, that's my brother. And the guy was just like, his face turned white. And, you know, we didn't, we, we were watching the game. We looked back a few minutes later, and he was just gone. Like, he, he had just learned a tough lesson, even though it was a lie. He learned a lesson that day. <laughs> Anyways, I want to give a shout-out oh, to Denver yeah. Rubber Company. They are your go-to for all of your rubber needs. Uh, snow plows. There's snow this morning here in Colorado. Whatever, it, whatever you need, custom die-cut gaskets, custom hoses, you know it if you need it, and you know that Denver Rubber Company will come through. Tried and true since 1972. And then also a shout-out to Davidson's. If you need to stock up your liquor cabinet before uh, whatever's about to happen, make sure you head down to Davidson's. They will definitely be stocked up down there, and you will have a chance to uh, get whatever you need. Breck brews. Maybe you need something a little stronger than that. We'll see. But for now, that is going to do it for us this week on the DNVR Broncos podcast. A crazy week in, in – I really appreciate you guys for being with us because uh, we need you more than ever as much as you need us. And, and I know that this community will stay strong through this entire process, no matter what it is. Um, but I, I, you know, I just, I want to let you guys know that um, it makes it a lot easier to get through these times, knowing that we have these two hours or so to sit down and, and hash it out. And like uh, today I was just kind of venting and I appreciate you guys for listening and mm-hmm. sharing your thoughts and, and being a part of this community, because like I said, we need community more than ever. And this is the perfect community to have right now because we are uh, all spread out all across the world. But, and then also for anyone who is going to come down to the DNVR bar tonight or anytime 
in the future. We look forward to seeing you down there. We'll be as safe as possible and uh, and do what we always do. We'll talk about Denver sports and, and what's going on in the world. Yep, even though there's not – just because there aren't games doesn't mean there isn't stuff to talk about in Denver sports. If we – yeah. If I ever run out of things to talk about about uh, sports and Denver sports, you just won't hear me ever talk again. And also, <laughs> we, here's where we're a little lucky. We've got both the Avs and Nuggets that are going to be in the postseason. Yep. But, like, if you're in Charlotte, for example, and they're suspending the NBA season, well, that's it. I mean, you're basically on to the offseason at this point, right? Mentally? You're checking out. You're moving on. We have some delicious stuff to look forward to in Denver sports once this crisis passes. Great, great And it's going to be a lot of fun to just start anticipating that. And, and in a way, this respite has a chance to help both of our teams here in town. It Believe is it weird. Not, help their chances. It's just how these things work. But, yeah, it, we've got something bright waiting for us on the other side of this, and uh, it's going to be exciting. I'll probably continue signing off like this for the foreseeable future, but... Whatever happens, we'll be here. We will. And we appreciate you guys for being with us. The show must go on. Stay safe this weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. It's getting-